Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hi there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Father Keith, the Buy Guy, and one of my major missions in life is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma and construct authentic, affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. Now, grab that cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Well, hello and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Brown. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just consider it a privilege that you have taken the time to listen to this podcast. Really do appreciate it. Hope you're having a great day. This is a Wednesday when it comes out live. Not sure when you're going to listen to it, but it comes out on a Wednesday. It's a Table Talks, and you may know if you listen to the podcast for a while that there are times when I have a guest on, but this particular episode is going to be a solo episode. And it's something that I just really have on my heart. It was something that was sort of brought up in a conversation that I had with Molly, who is a therapist and has been a guest on my podcast about, well, three times. So um, I've just enjoyed getting to know her and having her as a colleague. This little thing, this little idea came up and, and we talked about briefly, but I just really want to expand on it a little bit in this episode and really just share with you what's on my heart in relation to the topic. So what is the topic? It is basically, does a queer relationship, whether it is both lesbian, both gay, or a mixed orientation where maybe one is bi or pan and the other is straight or whatever the case may be, any type of, of makeup. And truthfully, it's for all relationships, but this audience obviously is part of the queer community primarily. So I want to speak specifically into the the ears and the hearts of those within the queer community. All right. So let's say that you are in a relationship. Well, I want to talk about the role of faith in that relationship. Because here's the thing. If you or your partner was raised in a Christian home, if you're, you or your partner was raised in the Christian faith, that faith has some impact on who they are, either positively or negatively, wherever they are in their trauma, or um, it could be part of their active life. So I usually find that there are at least three places that people arrive within the queer community in relation to their faith. The first is there are people who have been so hurt by the community, so hurt. I mean, when I'm talking about the Christian community, Christian church, there have been so many people that have been hurt by others within the church that they, because of this abuse, have decided that they want no part of the Christian life at all. They don't want nothing to do with the Christian faith. And I get that. Um, I don't 
I understand it, and, and I certainly don't judge anybody who takes that position because I understand their pain. But there are a lot of people who take that position and go, okay, I'm walking away from faith completely. I don't want anything to do with it. All right. So that's one possibility. There's another possibility that people will go through the trauma, the abuse of church um, banishment, et cetera, as a queer person, and then go, you know what? That is not enough to really completely drive me away from the faith. But what it has taught me is that I need to dive into this faith a little more. I need to do what has been coined a common phrase now is deconstruction. I need to deconstruct my faith. I need to you know, really look into it. I need to investigate it. I need to kind of understand it. I need to try to figure out if this is something that I still believe, if I buy into it. And all of that is a very long, very important journey for people to go through. Even those that walk away from the faith, and here's the side note, I still recommend this to them because I think that that faith, even if they ignore or try to walk away from it, is still having some impact on them. So I feel still think that that process can be healthy. But anyway, so the first is the people walk away. The second is the people who are still in this funk of trying to figure things out. They don't know if they want their faith in their life. They're not sure what that's going to look like in the future, yes or no. They're just not sure. Okay, so that's a second type of person. And then I know that there's sometimes a third person who says, you know what, Keith, I have been hurt by the church. I've been damaged. I, I'm working on that. I, and sometimes they're working with me. And, and I know that, you know, I've still got stuff to deal with, but my faith is still real. I still believe in God. I still want to be a follower of Jesus. And there are those people as well. All right. So I know that there's that type of makeup, at least within the queer community when it comes to faith. Then what I know is that people get into relationships. Now, what you're dealing with is people who will then come from a different background. Now, some may be of a Christian background, and they're dealing with one of these three options, and they may be involved in that at whatever level. And then there may be someone who didn't come from a faith background, and that's not even part of their life. Or they too may be going through this, and they may be on a different different path than the person they're seeing um, when it comes to spiritual or faith situations. And why I bring this up is because I've often had people say, Keith, you know, in the evangelical background, in the evangelical church, I always heard, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. If you're, you know, don't date a non-Christian, don't marry a non-Christian. So is this still true? Is this still something I should worry about or whatever? And my answer is, well, it depends. <laughs> and I know that's... Uh, an answer about as clear as mud, but it's true because the answer is up to this individual in so many ways. Let me try to explain what I mean because I'm going to lead you into asking some very important questions, namely three. So we're going to get to those in just a moment, but should a person be unequally yoked? Well, that's a big deal. And, you know, we can we can blame the evangelical church for this idea, but let's be honest, this goes beyond faith. It goes beyond the evangelical church. It, it goes beyond a lot of things because people will often maybe not formally say it like they do in the evangelical church, but there are many people, many uh, groups of folks, whether it's nationality, whether it's race, whether it's social economic um, uh, status, all types of things, people will consider other people to not be in their 
yoked group, if you understand what I mean. So that can take place across the board in society, and it doesn't just mean with Christians, and it just doesn't mean with evangelical churches. However, we do know that that is a significant teaching of the evangelical church. In fact, I personally know pastors who will not marry or perform a ceremony for someone who is Christian and non-Christian. I know those people personally. And and I get I mean that's the that's the teaching, that's the belief in most evangelicals. So if you're part of the queer communion community and you're struggling with your faith, then how does that work out? And then I know that people say, well, do I need to really worry about that? I mean, you know, because I've been hurt by the church, I may not even follow the faith, do I even need to worry about it. And I think to some level you do. And especially if you think there's any place for faith in your life. Okay. So the first the first thing that I would say is you need to really think about these questions. And I'm going to give you three to really think about. Number one, honestly to yourself, based on where you come from, where you are, where your heart is, do you think there's any possibility that your faith will be something that either you come back to or something that becomes important to you or something that's even a blessing to you? And if that is yes in any way, if that's even a possibility, then I think you need to know that. You need to understand that. You need to know that that could be an important part of your life. And it's okay if it is, all right? I personally am still a person of faith. I don't make any secret of that. I have people in the queer community call me an idiot because I'm a person of faith. I can deal with that. That doesn't bother me. That's okay. That's that's me. I am a man of faith. So I know it's very possible to be within the queer community for you to have faith if that's what you choose. Even if you now are in a position of not sure, questioning, whatever the case may be, deep deconstruction, that still doesn't guarantee necessarily that it won't be part of your future. And that's okay. All I'm asking is with this first question, just honestly ask yourself, do I think there is any chance that faith may become important to me in my life? Yes or no? I understand that answer can change, but at least you're giving thought to the question, okay? That's the first thing. Question number two. If I am in a serious relationship, if I am dating, or if I have moved in with someone, or if we are trying to pull our lives together and make a relationship, or we're engaged that we want to be married, question number two. If your partner is not a person of faith, and you are okay with that, which is fine. That's all. That's your decision. That's fine. Then my second question to you would be this, or my second question to encourage you to ask yourself is this, is a better way of saying it. Will my partner ever try to stop me from practicing my faith? Now, Again, during this honeymoon phase, everything is unicorns and lucky charms. Everything is beautiful. Everything is perfect. But it's an honest conversation to have. 
Because if your faith will ever become important to you, then you want to be able to practice your faith. Now, that doesn't mean that your partner has to become a person of faith. It doesn't mean your partner has to become a Christian. It doesn't have mean that your partner has to go to church with you. Any of that stuff. But I think at a minimum, you need to ask the question, would this person or will this person ever try to keep me from practicing my faith? Will this person try to stop me from going to church if I feel that that's something I want to do? Again, nothing is guaranteed. I know that. I've been in long-term relationship. My first marriage is 25 years. I understand ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Things change. I get it. But going in, I think that's an important question to ask. And it's probably a good question to ask them. You might say, dear XYZ, love of my life, the person that I adore, I, w- I want to share something with you and I want your honest feedback. You know that faith, I was a Christian, I was raised that way. You know I may be struggling now, I may be hurting, but you also know that I haven't completely walked away from my faith, or maybe I have, and who knows? I could I could one day come back to it. Like you say, nothing's guaranteed. So if I tell you that and I say that to you, how do you respond? Will you support me in allowing me to do this for me? even if you don't choose to participate? Or will this become a big deal? And I think that's a conversation to have early on. I don't think you wait for 10 years and all of a sudden you have this conversation. I think it's one that should happen, maybe not immediately, but it should happen early. Because you need, in your mind, you need to get a hold of this. Because if you think that never happens, then you are sadly mistaken. I have worked with people, my friend, in my career that this has happened. I've worked with couples where one was totally against church, was totally against God, didn't want anything to do with God, hated the idea of God, and their spouse was trying to follow Christ. And if you don't think that becomes an issue, then you're sadly mistaken. So it is at least a conversation, I think, that you need to have within your relationship and as early as you possibly can, right? So number one, ask yourself, do I think that faith will ever become important to me or is my faith important to me? Okay, pretty simple. Not easy to answer all the ways, but pretty simple question. Number two, will my partner ever try to stop me from practicing my faith, if that's what I want. Our assumption is, oh, of course not. They love me. They'll support me 110%. Again, hope that's the truth. It may well be the truth, but let me tell you, it is not always the truth. Ask the question and ask your partner. Because if there's something you've talked about and something you discuss and it's something you've negotiated at the beginning of your relationship, later on in the relationship, you can say, hey, look, we had this conversation, remember? And you said that you would support me if this is where I wanted to go with my personal faith. I love you. You love me. Can you still support me? So see, there, there's there's this early negotiation that takes place. This, it's It's a preemptive type of discussion. 
It's done with love, support, and compassion. So that's question number two. All right. Then it's question number three. And this is a biggie. Okay. And I'm going to tell you that I have seen it in a variety of different ways. And it is a biggie because you know, as well as I do, that people in the queer community are having children, whether it's from artificial insemination or whether it's adoption, whatever the case may be, there are queer couples who are raising children. It's God. Here's the thing. You need to ask question number three. If I am in this relationship and one of us is a faith and one of us isn't, how are we going to raise our children? Let me just pause there for just a moment and let that sink in. Because a lot of people, younger people who listen to this, maybe children is not even on their radar at this point. But maybe it will be at some point. And I believe that raising children has to be a unified loving experience to be done well. And this can be a real thorn in the flesh. This can be a real issue. So again, old man Keith, grandfather, guy, whatever, a dude that's been in long-term relationships, who's raised children, wants to encourage you to ask this question. How will we raise our children in relation to faith? See how important that decision is? It's something to be thinking about. All right, so those are the three questions that I would suggest, okay? There are many other things to talk about. You know, I give you a, a lot of things. But on this podcast, I just really wanted to hammer those three down because I, I think, again, let me just tell you quickly. Will I ever think faith is going to be important to me? Yes, no, maybe. Number two, will my partner ever try to prevent me from living in my faith or pursuing my faith if that's my choice? And number three, if we ever have children, how will we raise them in relation to faith? Three questions. Biggie answers. Good luck with that. I hope that you have good discussions. And I hope and pray that you have a very happy and a healthy and a very open, communicated relationship with your partner. If I can be of service, let me know. I would love to coach you if I can. All right. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.